Lightning Lee Murray wanted to be world champion in the UFC. He just happens to be involved in the largest cash robbery in the world. He's definitely not sane. <laughs> Showtime Sports presents the unbelievable true story about the MMA fighter who pulled off one of the largest heists in history. Huge amounts of money, armed gang, disguises, kidnapping. This is the sort of thing you see in Hollywood films. We've never seen that for real. Catching Lightning, streaming Friday, April 7th, only on Showtime. Streaming with Paramount+. Plus. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello again, Broncos country, and welcome to another episode of the Orange Weekly pregame podcast. This week, your Denver Broncos are taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers in Heinz Field in Pittsburgh against, once again, no fans. There's a lot of changes and a lot of things that are going to be different this week as they were against our loss versus the Tennessee Titans, and I think it's going to be interesting to watch, and we're going to go in-depth in this episode about what the differences are and what you should be paying attention to against a very formidable and very well-coached and well-executed Pittsburgh Steelers team. But hey, always, we're going Broncos. Please sit back, relax, have a drink if you're not driving, and enjoy the Orange Weekly pregame podcast. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news. Welcome to another episode of the Orange Weekly pregame podcast. Uh, We definitely thank you guys for listening and joining in, but we have a favor to ask anybody that is listening to this right now, please go on and hit the subscribe button if you already haven't, hit that rate button if you already haven't, and make sure you guys give us five stars because... The more that we hear from you, the better we like it, and our show is all about the fans, and we want to hear what you guys have to think, and that that's what we're here for. So, as always, I'm here with my buddy David, and unfortunately, Matt cannot be with us this week, but next week he will be back. Him and David will take over next week's uh, episode, but David, how are you doing today, man? Good, good. I, you know, I'll miss Matt but and his beardy weirdiness, but um, <laughs> we'll, have him, we'll have him back next week. I think you and I have plenty that we can discuss. Uh, this upcoming for this upcoming game, Jared. I, I think I think we'll get in get into a lot of stuff. Yeah, no, I mean this is going to be a pretty big game. Obviously, coming off of a loss to Tennessee on a late Monday night game, mm-hmm. obviously not the way that everybody wanted it to turn out. And I, there's a lot of disappointment being thrown around. But hey, look, it's it's week one in an already weird season where there's no preseason games, and we just have to move on. At this point, we just have to figure out, take our losses, and move on. But David, I kind of want to do something. I'm going to surprise you with this. Uh, I think we're going to have a new segment here, and I'm going to ask you because obviously we have our post game podcast. If you follow and subscribe, you'll get to download that as well. I want to hear in your words in one minute. Let me take out my my stopwatch here. In one minute, in your words, the highlights or lowlights or just a recap. I'll let you play with however you want to to organize this of the last game before we get into talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hold on, let me grab my my timer here. Uh Huh? All right. I'm a little on the spot here. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Uh, uh, As ready as I'm going to be. 
Right, yeah, I gave you zero, zero time to plan for this. So we're going to, uh, maybe ne- next episode you'll have a little bit more epi- time to plan as we're going to continue I'll this. Have, so. I'll have notes prepared or something. Okay. All right, uh, I'll start the clock when you start. Okay. So the, my thoughts on the, on the last game, I think offensively we saw about what we should have expected to see a very young team who has really, really impressive players at certain positions and just doesn't really know how to put that talent all together quite yet, especially with such a truncated offseason. Um, you saw veterans like Melvin Gordon do very well on, in some ways and then do very poorly in other ways, fumbling the football comes to mind. Um, on defense, I think you saw a unit that, Again, it's just kind of coming together. Very young on the back end, uh, defensive backs who had never played together. There's two rookies out there for a lot of snaps, uh, guys who are already hurt, guys who are trying to fill in for them. Uh, So it's going to take some time. Uh, We still played a team who made the AFC championship game to kind of a a standstill for three and a half quarters. Uh, So we should feel good about that and take a lot of positives out. But definitely plenty to improve on as we move forward. And stop. That was 53 seconds. That was perfect. Oh, man. You, got, right. you made it under. You know what? I might even cut this down to a 45 second. If you have a little bit of time to prepare, I feel like you get this under 45 seconds. I'm sure I could. Yeah, we're going to get yeah. tight. We're going to get that to a All tight right, tight. A tight, tight 45. 45. All right. right. Well, let's do that. Uh, that was that was a great recap. I think you you hit a lot of nails on the head. And if you want to hear more about the Orange Weekly thought process on how that last game went, listen to Kevin and Tanner on the post-game podcast. But that's not who we are right now. That's not what we're recording for. We are looking forward to the next game. And honestly, it's probably one of the best parts of our job is we don't have to look back and talk about all the negative stuff. We could talk about what positives can be coming from the next game. So uh, coming up on Sunday, we are playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. What Ugh. What is your initial thought on on the Pittsburgh, who are coming off of a win, uh, coming yep. off a big win in which Ben Roethlisberger looked like Ben Roethlisberger did five years ago, just throwing the ball over the place. Juju Smith-Schuster had a huge game. What What's your initial thoughts as we're heading into this Pittsburgh game? It's going to be a pretty tough matchup. Um, the offense didn't look quite as impressive to me as the defense, which is a little ridiculous to say about a team that scored 26 points. Um, they got a quite a few, they got a couple of turnovers from their defense. One of them, one of which set them up in a real good position, um, to get a score. It was, um, a, a, a team that's going to be, uh, maybe without James Connor this week. So a team that doesn't heavily run the ball anyway, really, that's not their focus as a team. It's more of a complimentary piece to their offense. When a guy like big Ben is back there and slinging it like he can do, um, you know, it's kind of a factory floor of wide receivers in Pittsburgh. They just keep drafting guys and making them productive and drafting them and making them productive. And so, I mean, it's going to be a pretty tough matchup for us, both offensively and defensive. Jared, what do you, which matchup right now do you want to look at a little more? Which do you think is the tougher matchup for us? Honestly, this is such a weird episode to talk about. It's like, we're talking week one again. And, and the, not because I completely, you know, blacked out and forgot everything that happened on last Monday night, but honestly, because th- this team is so much different than the team we just played. You know, we've just played a, a nose to the ground running first team, you know, run for the first three downs, throw on one down every once in a while. And they were they looked like they were throwing all over us because we were so focused on stopping the run. This is going to be a completely different game on uh, defensively for us, and and I think that's gonna that's gonna be a big thing that we're gonna have to look out for, and something that we're gonna have to talk about today because this is a, this is a pass first team. 
right? Yep. So last uh, yesterday, obviously, when we're talking, let's as we as we talk about these stats, we're talking about a very small sample size, one game against the New York Giants, who aren't exactly out there impressing everybody as as a, a contender this year. That so he was right. Right, Ben Roethlisberger was twenty-one for thirty-two, throwing for two hundred twenty-nine yards and twenty-nine yards and three touchdowns. Two of those touchdowns to his primary receiver Juju Smith-Schuster, and he threw all of those. What he had twenty-one completions to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different receivers, which is that's hard to stop. And that's and I think that's going to be one of those things that with a already AJ Boye most likely not playing if he does play he's going to be in a limited capacity and probably not have full control of his shoulders and we have a very young we have two rookies that are going to be playing especially if we start playing nickel and dime against these guys it's going to be very difficult to stop some of this uh some of this offense what do you think yeah i am circling the tight ends on this team um vance mcdonald and eric ebron um that might be uh the first matchup that gives us real nightmares because we saw the Titans tight ends, Johnu Smith, and I can't even remember the other guy's name who hadn't had a touchdown and I don't know how many snaps since this last game, but those were the primary targets when they got into the red zone and we just did not have answers. Um, so, you know, the Steelers offense is one that I definitely believe in more to get the ball to their primary receiving targets like tight ends than I would the Titans, and the Titans did it very successfully. Um, so I'm pretty nervous about that. Um, but there's so many other weapons on the Steelers offense that present such a challenge for a young defense. Um, like you said, AJ Boye separated shoulder win on IR today. Um, well, that means a little more. Oh, he did go on IR. That's right. Yeah, he's, he he's out for what, about three weeks, right? Three, three weeks. He's eligible to return from that IR stint. Um, so we'll see how that goes, but we're going to see more Essang Bassi and we're going to see more uh, Michael Ojemudia quite a bit more. Um, so these rookies are, you know, they went from a test last week. They're, there's kind of no time to rest on their laurels. Uh, they've got to go right back into what's going to be a much tougher matchup with, with, the with the Steelers this week. Uh, it makes me a little nervous, Jared. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And, but again, I, I would have big part of this that I think is Vic Fangio is going to do a very good job of game planning against a different type of offense than what we played last week. And I think the reason their tight ends did so well is that play action. And and that touchdown that he had was a miscommunication, but everybody was reading. They had no receivers out there. It was a goal line situation. He just play actioned out and threw to the open guy in the back corner. And honestly, I don't even think that was specifically for him to get that. It was just that that guy just happened to be wide open on that play. I don't think the tight ends are going to be as big of an issue because I do think that, you know, a guy like Alexander Johnson, who had a hell of a game last week, is, is able to be able to, you know, sit in the middle. And I think we're going to play a lot more zone than we did man, than we will man, because last week we played a lot of man coverage because we were trying to load the box to stop the run. I don't think that's going to happen as often this game because I think there's going to be a little bit more zone coverage to be able to stop the speed over the top, which means you're going to see a lot better production and output from guys like Justin Simmons. And obviously, Kareem Jackson played pretty decently. He had a couple, uh, snafus but uh you're gonna see a much better production out of those two guys once we start getting into more of a a zone coverage as opposed to a man which is what we kind of had to play last week just to load the box and the play action game is also not a big fixture of the pittsburgh offense at all they're kind of one of the few teams that statistically is actually worse on play action passes than non play action passes (laughs) um so i don't anticipate we're going to see a lot of that from them certainly nowhere near the amount we saw against tennessee um and you're right especially if james james connor is uh out of this game um i don't think they're going to see any real need to to 
stuff the box. I think you're going to be able to see nickel formations a lot more, get extra guys out into those zones and clog up those throwing lanes a little longer. Um, but, well, now that kind of brings us to the next part of that defense, the next level of that defense up front. What do you like? Do you like this matchup against the Steelers' offensive line? What do you think about that? I do. I like this matchup much better than I did against the Tennessee Titans. I think, you know, Bradley Chubb is starting to come in his own. We thought he was going to be on a snap count last week. He wasn't. He was out there for most of the snaps. Uh, and Jarrell Casey is going to be able to just destroy the inside. You know, um, Pouncey is probably, Marquise Pouncey is probably a future Hall of Famer. And he's definitely one of the, you know, better centers in the league. But he's he didn't play very well last week. And that was against a, a New York Giants team. Uh, their right tackle, uh, it looks like their right tackle is going to... I think he's questionable to play the game. So right now they have uh, Chikwuma Okafor uh, playing. He played nine snaps last week, but that's another. We have a backup right tackle, kind of like we do. Um, They have a backup right tackle that's going to be playing in there, and that's going to be huge for a guy who, again, I think he was underappreciated in how he ended up stopping the run in uh, Atoshu. Right. I think Atashu, I, he he played a very good game to stop the run. He did his position. He, he gap filled, and I think giving him a little bit more time and seeing if he can rush that passer a little bit better might actually be better for us, knowing that they're going to be passing downs as opposed to again. It's so hard to to do this, especially off of the last game, because it's just such a completely different, like flip the script, completely different type of offense that we're going up against. Yeah, and it's going to give us a little bit better idea of where the team is at, one way or the other. I think. Um, you know, like you have been saying, it's, you know, one week in such a crazy off season is not really enough to tell you anything. Um, so especially if they can build on this, on that performance this week and, and really step up a little more against an offense that we think we think is going to be more formidable, at least from a passing standpoint. Um, I think that's going to be a really helpful gauge as to where this team is or isn't if they can't step up, um, on the defense, um, it's going to be tough. These young, these young, young corners are re- have really got me concerned. But as you say, the, the playing a little more zone is probably going to help them a lot more um, hold up in coverage a little bit better because they'll just have a little bit more help out there. Yeah, and I, I think that's going to help a lot as long as everybody mm-hmm. knows their their positions and where their their spots are. I think that's going to help our defense out a lot, and they're going to make a. I think they're going to make a lot more plays. Um, it just depends on if Big Ben's finding the holes or not, and. Last week against New York, he, he looked really good. So that's one of those things I'm a little worried about is if we can't get pressure on Big Ben, this might be a, a long game for us. But if we can get a little bit of pressure, get that ball out of his hands fast, I think we have a, a much better chance going into this game. Oh, and that's one thing. He's not the guy who could just stand in the pocket and take five hits and then throw a football anymore. He He's really, right. you know, he's still a big guy. But he, he goes down a little bit easier than he used to. So <laughs> getting there with guys like Malik Reed and Jeremiah Toshu, who had our only sack last last, he last did. week. So. It was good um, looking, too. I mean, he, he just stayed with the ball. He stayed Absolutely. with it. It was, a coverage, it was a coverage sack, but he stayed with it, and that's that was the best part about it. It was, it was a vet, veteran sack. It was a guy who knew what he was supposed to do in a certain situation, and because of what he knew he was supposed to do, he got rewarded. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, Jarrell Casey, like you said, I like his matchup against the interior of this offensive line. Um, we'll see. Uh, I think there's not going to be, as we discussed, a real problem stopping the run. Who's the who is their backup at running back if Connor is out? Benny Snell Jr. Yep. So, um, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I, I just I think that's a pretty decent matchup for us. Certainly, he's not going to provide a Derrick Henry kind of impact. 
Um, so I, you know, now what about the other side of the ball, Jared? Have we covered the defense pretty adequately as far as the matchup yeah, still? I, I think I think we did, and uh, yeah, I think we did. Let's go ahead and flip the ball over to the offense. And now on offense, we had a our Monday night game. We had a couple injuries that we should be getting back, but we also might be losing uh, a couple people. So one of those is Philip Lindsay with the turf toe. We don't know how. Yeah, today, uh, you know, Vic Fangio had a meeting with the media and said that it's not as bad as they had originally thought it was, and he's day to day currently. We'll see how that that turns around. That's probably going to be a game time decision thing, most likely. But hopefully that that turns out well. But honestly, I, I I'm not too worried about it because even when Royce Freeman did end up stepping in there, he had a couple good plays, and I, I don't think that they're too worried about that. Obviously, we are as Bronco country because we want to see him out there and play. But um, and then let's talk about the other side too. We have uh, Cortland Sutton who is back playing it because of day to day in practice, and then KJ Hamler is the same thing. They're doing the day to day thing with him, so we might get a couple of our big receiving threats back. Yeah, um, Hamler has a better shot to play. I think he practiced fully today um, for the first time in several weeks, so it sounds like he's on the track to to debut unless he has any kind of setback this week. Um. I wrote about this uh, in my Team Trends column. Uh, visit us at broncosorangeweekly.com uh, because that new Team Trends column is going to be coming up uh, tonight, I believe. Um, it, so, But with him, it, he his presence would open up the entire offense. He would give everybody else on this offense a chance to do the things that they do best better. Um, he right. would give – yeah, he would give – Noah Fant a chance to break away from, you know, I have to assume that Tennessee took away or at least tried to take away Noah Fant in the second half. And we just, we didn't just forget that he was doing well and stop giving the ball to him. Um, (laughs) But, you know, it's a little bit easier to double cover a guy and just take him away for a half. If you don't have a presence like Cortland Sutton to draw those double teams. Um, So, you know, just having that presence, will help Noah Fant create more one-on-one matchups for himself. It will help Jerry Judy um, create more space on the inside. And we saw what his lateral quickness can do on the inside when he's got any space at all to work with. Uh, it's just ridiculous when he's got the ball in his hand. We can talk about the drops if we want to, but it's time to get past that and realize the <laughs> potential, the, just the sheer potential that we've got there. Um, but yeah, like, you know, Cortland Sutton on the outside will just give him more room to operate on the inside from the slot. KJ Hamler, it's going to give him a chance to do the speed things that he does best. So I don't know if he's going to be ready this week. He was limited in practice today, which is more than he'd been able to do yet. Um, didn't do a lot in practice, uh, but if he's there, it's going to make this everything different for for this whole offense, including Drew Locke, who had the most chemistry with him of any receiver. If you were reading the camp reports, yeah, no, I I think that's that hits it right on the head. I and the big part about having Cortland Sutton back, like you said, is just be able to spread the field. And I think honestly, having KJ Hamler back, like we we talk about Drew Locke throwing deep a couple times and he overthrew a couple times. I don't think you can overthrow KJ Hamler. I don't think that's possible. So if we can if we can spread the field out, you have to respect the speed that that pulls the safeties off a little bit a little bit further and gives us a chance to get open over the middle and I think Noah Fant is going to have another great game because of it because if we could start doing some crossing routes over the middle you know what one of my favorite things and I want to talk about Jerry Judy again we could talk about the negatives all day and I know that's a lot of people want to talk about that and they you know social media is all over the negatives but let's like you said let's look at the positives his lateral quickness 
his breaks, he broke his own ankles, got up, caught the ball, and still didn't get touched until after the ball was, he was already turned upfield. Like, he was man on man, and he fell, got up, caught the ball, turned upfield, and then got hit. That's how quick he was to be able to make that break. It was absolutely unreal on his first catch in the NFL. Again, I think I think we have a very good, solid, young team going into this game, and I don't think I don't think their secondary is going to be able to really hold up against those guys. I think the only person I'm worried about in their secondary is Minka Fitzpatrick back there at the safety position, but other than that, their corners don't uh, they don't scream top corners to me. Now, and and they've got Stephen Nelson, who we remember from his days as a Kansas City Chief. Um, and they've got Joe Hayden, who, you know, a former first round pick disappointed with the Browns has had a little bit of a career renaissance in Pittsburgh. Um, but I will, I, I will also agree, you know, this, if, especially if Cortland Sutton is back, uh, our, our weapons versus their, uh, defensive backfield doesn't, it's, it's a matchup that can favor us. Um, but that's going to depend an awful lot on what the offensive line does to pass block. And that kind of, you know, do you think that's one matchup that really doesn't encourage me when I look at it? And I know the offensive line, they played well. Um, You've got to give them credit against Tennessee. You know, Harold Landry, Jadavian Clowney, uh, Jeffrey Simmons, you know, didn't have Jeffrey Simmons still had himself a game. Um, But for the most part, they were able to run block effectively. Um, Drew Locke was only pressured, I believe, on 17% of his dropbacks, um, which was a huge reduction from last season. I think a 20% reduction from last season. Um, yeah. So they did well enough to keep him clean, wasn't sacked at all. Um, but this this upcoming matchup get has, you know, you've got Bud Dupree, you've got TJ Watt, you've got Cameron Hayward, That's you've got Stephon Tewitt. It's, it's a whole different ball game that you're talking about. And you've got Devin Bush who can do a ton of things. Well, at inside linebacker, he can cover, he can blitz. It's, it's a real, real tough front seven for a very young uh, offensive line and quarterback. Yeah. So, and here's, here's what, uh, what's frustrating is, you know, we could say how well he did against Clowney who only practiced a couple of days before he joined the team in Denver. Uh, but TJ Watt is a completely different monster out there. He's young. He's agile. He was the number one rated defensive end or sorry, outside linebacker, however you want to call him um, in the league edge last defender. week. Edge defender. Okay. Yeah, that's a good call. Uh, he was the number one edge defender in the league last week. And for a reason, he had himself a game and he is just consistent, which is another thing. Like you could talk about some of these guys and being epic and, all stars, but this guy every single week is going out there and making plays. And we have two offensive linemen. You know, Garrett Bowles had a good game last week. Uh, Wilkinson missed one block that ended up getting Drew Locke sacked, and that was a little rough. But other than that, was playing pretty well. But I will, I will say this: as much as you can give the credit to the offense, you have to give a credit to the offensive game scheme because we had a lot of rollouts. We were in the pocket a lot, and I think that really helped out a lot last week. And I think we're going to have to do the same thing this week, and we're going to have to focus, have to have to focus on TJ Watt. We have to know where he is on the field at all times, or else it's going to come to back and bite us in the ass. Yeah, I get the feeling he's going to be lined up on Elijah Wilkinson quite a bit. Yes. Um, yeah, I no, think I see that. that's that's the matchup that I would exploit if I was uh, if I was Pittsburgh. Um, you know, I think we certainly can game plan like we did last week to get the ball out quickly. And Drew Locke was very effective on those rollouts. Um, didn't matter yes, which side he was I rolling agree. out to. He did very well 
Um, but so I would expect, you know, if we were smart, we would want to roll that into our game plan a little bit more anyway. Uh, it's just something we're going to have to keep an eye on as the team figures out what it's, you know, what it's best at, what the coaches see the players doing well uh, and what they see they need to improve on. But hopefully they'll actually see that and then implement it into the game plan. You know, we, we saw last year there was a little bit of too much of a focus on getting the players to follow the scheme on offense no matter what, and instead of kind of adjusting to what the players could do. Um, I'm hoping we can we can roll a little bit more of that ladder strategy into this this season on offense, especially with such a young team. You know, just give them some yeah. stuff that they can do right now uh, against a team like Pittsburgh who has, you know, maybe the best defense in the NFL. Like, just do as much as you possibly. can to help those young guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, possibly. And again, they were playing against the New York Giants, which I'm not. I'm not trying to downplay that at all. They're an NFL team, but they're not playing against the New Orleans Saints, right? They're not playing against these top contenders. So, I, it, here's my thing with the rollouts. I love the rollouts. I think they're going to work out really well. But when you have a top edge defender the way you have in TJ Watt, who can make those decisions, it's going to be very difficult. Especially if he's going to stay on the right side against Wilkinson, it's going to be very difficult to try to roll out to the strong side of of Drew Locke on his right side. I, I don't know what their what what the game plan is. At thinking about it on from what I think about, there's two ways to do it. There's either on every pass down you got to keep back an extra defender, or you know you got to keep back the running back to help pass block, which takes away an extra receiver. Or you try to get that that running back out on swing passes or in the flats to get on the other side of that edge defender that you're worried about. So we can send him out and kind of chip him and let him go past and try to get it over his head. Or we keep them back there and try to get on the, especially on the longer third mediums, third and long. We have to keep our running back in the backfield with us to stop guys like TJ Watt to come through. Honestly, the other guys I'm not super worried about. And that's just me. I don't, I'm not super worried about these other inside line. Like they had, you know, Hayward had a very good, good game last week. Uh, so did uh, Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree had a pretty good game last week. But I think that Garrett Bowles, I think Lloyd Cushenberry, who also played very well, and, and Dalton Reisner in Glasgow, I think they should be fine uh, against that interior defensive line. I think we have a better offensive line right now than the Giants do. Uh, right. But I will also say, um, let's see, he had Saquon Barkley, uh, who's no schlub at running the football, had 15 not. rushes for six yards last week so i would say stefan to it and uh, casey hayward uh yeah made their presence known a little bit there in the run game um that's one matchup that'll be really interesting to see if we can do a little bit better um with no philip Lindsay this week we're gonna see royce freeman probably a lot more he had one rush and one reception in this last game um, and they were back and, to back uh, yeah yeah and those those are those touches are definitely going to increase this game um i believe levante bellamy uh the undrafted rookie may get elevated from the practice squad he i think he was just put on the protected list today of players that cannot be signed to an active roster by another team this week um so yeah. call that'll happen that'll future. happen i think yeah that'll probably happen when they uh make the decision on it, whether or not they're expecting philip Lindsay to play or not and uh but the problem is in order to call someone up you got to let someone go so that's it's a it's a two-sided sword there well but you've already got you know, you've freed up one roster spot by putting AJ Boye on the injured reserve for three weeks. Um, you know, we'll see uh, what Philip Lindsay. I really, really doubt if I was a betting man. Um, and you know, that's a good way to play to give Ragers the old plug. Check us out every Saturday, guys. We're going to bring you all the best in Broncos <laughs> bets. Uh, but if I was a betting man, I would say we're probably not going to see Philip Lindsay at all this week. 
Um, it, it sounds like you, like you said, Coach Fangio said his turf toe, not as bad as it could have been. But I think this inj- this year especially, we've seen them be so cautious with injuries, not rush guys back. Um, I think we're probably going to see a similar strategy with Lindsey, especially since we've got Gordon in the fold and Freeman, who Tanner did call the best third running back in the NFL, and I think he's got a good point. Um, he does. But against these defensive linemen, it's going to be a whole new McGilla, and God help him, Melvin Gordon better hold on to that football because you know they're going to be swatting at the rock. The Pittsburgh Steelers love to try and create turnovers um, I, You know, from our rookie receivers as well. If they end up with the ball in their hands a lot, Hold on to it because those guys are going to be coming for it. Right. And that, honestly, that was a big part of the game last week. Obviously, mm-hmm. they, they scored off that and yep. they were they were real close. And that was that could have been the difference. You know, it was a low scoring game. And I think this one's going to be a little bit more high scoring. And I think there's going to be a lot more urgency on our offense going forward. But yeah, check out Ragers. If you guys are uh, if you guys are looking at making some bets. So Ragers is two one and one last week. And the only reason we lost the one we lost was the Philip Lindsay yards. He was at halftime when he went out. He was only uh, eight yards shy. And um, the one tie was over two touchdowns. But go ahead and go uh, follow Ragers. Or if you want to go to Twitter, go to at OW Ragers as for Orange Weekly Ragers and uh, and follow along. Absolutely. So, uh, some, something you mentioned about Royce Freeman. So Fangio today at his press conference made a statement about that the Broncos, the off, the offense is going to operate the exact same way they did. And uh, he has a lot of confidence in Royce Freeman and being able to take those snaps and be able to continue. And you saw it in the game when he did get put in. He ended up making the most of what he had. So I'm, I don't think we're too worried about the Lindsay injury other than for his health and hoping him uh, he gets a speedy recovery so he can be back yeah. on the field because that's you know that's where he wants to be. He's a He's a competitor and he wants to be out on that field playing with the Broncos playing by his by his uh boy's side absolutely oh all right what let's get to some individual matchups Jared let's pick out one each on offense um first and then maybe on defense um I'll let you go first. our offense right yeah our offense I'll let you go first and then I'll go first on the other one Okay, so I'm going to go with the line right we talked about how their defensive line is going to be a uh, forced to be reckoned with. They have a very good interior and exterior. So obviously TJ Watt against Wilkinson is going to be something to watch, but I think my matchup to watch, because as much as I was convinced that Bulls has changed, as he played very, very well yesterday, I'm going mm. to watch again uh, Garrett Bowles against Bud Dupree, who is a much better edge rusher um, and has been for that with that with that program for a little bit. So mm. I'm excited to see how Garrett Bowles holds up against Bud Dupree because if he can have the same output uh, that he did last week, I I'm I'm a believer. I believe he changed, and I think that's something that I want to happen and I want to see. So that's what a, a matchup I'm going to be watching closely on Sunday. All right, um, I'm going to go. I'm going to put a little extra 2019 draft class juice uh, into mine. <laughs> there, do you do you think? Can you guess where I'm going with this, Jared? Or 2019 uh is it right next to him is it yeah. uh reisner no no you're going the wrong way on the line there buddy it is right oh. next to him so i'm gonna go with noah fant uh against okay. Devin bush that's gonna be my kind of my matchup there uh the guy who we ended up trading down and drafting for versus the guy that you know by all accounts almost away. was a bronco and decided right. we decided and we'd rather trade down, get the extra pick, and take Noah Fant there uh, instead. But Devin Bush, the the coaching staff really really liked him. 
Uh, if we had stayed at that pick, um, I think we've heard confirmed now, if we had stayed at number 10, Devin Bush would have been the pick. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's, you know, and he's been a really good young linebacker who's been able to do a variety of different things for Pittsburgh. Uh, so that's really one matchup I'm going to be watching because I expect them to be covering him with Bush a lot. Um, and so we'll see, you know, we've seen Fant do, you know, those physical tight end things that we that we re- that really get excited us. He had some big moments in this last game. Uh, can he continue it against a little bit more elite and inside defender at that position? And that's that's a good point. And I, I think that, uh, like you said, on the Monday night game against Tennessee, Noah Fant had a great first half. And then all of a sudden we didn't see him. And I think it's because Tennessee ended up game planning against him being like, OK, so we got to stop this guy, apparently. And then we got to go other places. So that's a that's a great pick. All right. What about I'm going to let you go first on the defense. What do, what do you think about our defensive matchup uh, that you're looking forward to? Defensive matchup, I'm going to go Bre- uh, Michael Ojemudia versus Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, Juju, okay. not in practice today, but I get the feeling, even though it wasn't listed as a you know, coach's decision, I think it was more of a veteran rest day for, than anything else. I would, I'd be pretty shocked if we don't see Juju out there on Sunday. Um, and I think that he's going to primarily see snaps against our, one of our young corners. And Ojemudia, you know, played most of his snaps outside. Uh, so that's how, you know, they really wanted to play Essang Bassey inside, keep Bryce Callahan inside where his natural position is. Um, but with Bouye out, they're going to have to shuffle guys and those young guys are going to see a ton, a ton of playing time again. Um, it's going to be really tough to see with these savvy Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, receivers in general. Um, but their old Wiley vet, it feels weird to call him that cause he's very young still, but Juju Smith Schuster <laughs> against those guys is going to be a really, really tough matchup. That that's that's good and and I know Ojemudia obviously taking the start opposite Bryce Callahan so I'm not sure how we're gonna play that if we're playing a zone I don't think they're gonna transfer they're not gonna follow mm-hmm. uh, depending on what side Juju Smith Schuster but that's a good point and and Callahan you know he's he's took his first game since 2018. Uh, last week so Mm -hmm. it's a huge it's a huge step for him and you know he's also got a little bit of catching up to do as far as getting the speed of the game and making sure he's up to it so that's a good pick I think my pick is going to be probably very slowly sorry very quickly uh, starting from last year becoming one of my favorite players Alexander Johnson Mm. over the middle against Anything that comes over the middle. Again, I think they're going to be playing a lot more zone coverage in their passing team. So, you know, slants, uh, flats, guys that go, running backs out in the flats, tight ends out in the flats, slants coming over the side from over the middle from the from the I want to see him and I'm going to I'm excited to see him and not so much the matchup, but what chaos he can cause in the middle and mm-hmm. taking away that from from Ben Roethlisberger. If we could take away the middle, it really limits what they can do. And it's really easy to put stuff over the side and over the uh, the deep middle. So mm-hmm. that's 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 what I'm looking forward to. Also, obviously, they're not probably not going to run very much because they saw how good our run defense is. And he's going to be able to stop that right off the bat. Makes their offense one-sided and it g- gives us a little bit easier chance to, um, yeah, it's to gonna help. game plan against. It's going to help him and all those other players who are responsible for defending that middle of the field to not have so much play action in the game plan, too, because um, they've got more dynamic players in Pittsburgh. But, yeah, I think our guys are going to be able to pay, play the pass a little bit more reliably um, and, like you said, play a little bit more zone and maybe not get stuck in those man coverages where they have such obvious mis- mismatches um, in the middle right. of the field. I think you're, that's a really good matchup. Um, what do you, you think you about – 
Go ahead. You know what we didn't talk about on the offensive side that I want to mention real quick is, yeah. is we talked about Drew Locke rolling out, but how about those RPOs? Yeah, we're running like legit. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a Denver Broncos team run legit. I mean, RPO is kind of a newer concept. I'd say in the last five years, run run pass option is kind of one of more of a newer concept. But I I, I loved it. I, yeah. I absolutely loved it. And I think that Drew Locke was playing it perfectly. I think he read them all the ones that we I think we ran two or three and he read them all perfectly. And there was a couple of them. You know, couldn't tell if it was run pass option just by where his eyes were. And he, you know, end up giving the ball. But I, I liked him, and I, I want to see more of it, and I think we're going to start seeing more coming up uh, in the next couple of games. That fourth and goal, to me, do you think that fourth oh, that and goal double pass? I know. I'm just, I'm just bringing it up. I want because I want your opinion. I don't, I don't know if that if that was a run pass option, but do you think that that was yep. the primary? Uh, that shovel pass was the primary option on that. Okay, I, all right. I do, I do. Just, just the way that Drew Locke ended up playing it out. Uh, he, you know, ran it outside. If it wasn't the primary option, I guarantee he probably would have stepped in and tried to take it himself. It seems like he, when he threw up his hands in frustration at the end of that play, very visibly, it seemed to me like uh, he was, somebody hadn't executed something or somebody wasn't in the right position or it just is a, a snafu that, you know, like they practiced that and felt very good about it in practice maybe. And it just didn't go, go the way they wanted on the field. Yeah. Um, and in practice, you're right. In practice, they practice goal line plays. They practice, you know, mm-hmm. you practice the fourth downs, you practice, you know, different situational uh, timings and, and goal line is one of them, especially seeing as how last year we just could not finish drives. We, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many times we could not finish drives. So goal lines have been a priority for Vic Fangio this, this year. And that you're right. They probably practiced that so many times in practice. And then somebody didn't execute. And that's why he was frustrated, but it was definitely a design play to be a shovel pass. Okay. Yeah. Um, special teams. Let's give a, a shout out to the punter. You never get a, a good shout out I to agree. the punter. Cause I'll tell you what, Sam Martin was nailing punts inside the 10. And more importantly than that, he was actually giving a decent hang time. Like he, the the punt was in the air for more than three seconds, and the coverage was getting there before the ball did. I was really, really impressed. Uh, you know, when you look at his raw stats, he didn't look, you know, just by the numbers better than our our punter last year. But that hang time alone, if he's able to just maintain that, and mile high, you know, even in right. mile high last year, our our punter just could not keep those punts in the air. So being able to do that at a bare minimum is going to give your team such a better opportunity. And the tackling looked better. The re- they didn't allow any long returns on either kick. I mean, I don't think they allowed a kickoff return at all. I think they all went out of bounds. No, they went out back, yeah. But the punts um, were, the coverage on the punts were amazing. And Shelby Harris got himself a blocked kick. You know, we see, you know, right. it, it, it seems like every season he's good for two or three of those. Um, uh, but we're just going to, you know, uh, hopefully next time, if he gets another one, we'll be able to capitalize on it a little better. But still, that's you know, he uh, kudos to him for getting another one of the, a big mid on that ball. Um, yep. Yeah, what and Deontay Spencer, Deontay Spencer returning. Uh, I think there was one that was just a much longer punt than he was expecting, and he ended up catching it inside the ten instead of letting it go. Yeah. I get it; he ended up getting it up to the twenty, which is fine. However, uh, that was kind of like a probably should have let that one go. But it's only a matter of time before he breaks one. He is he is one missed tackle, one broken tackle away from breaking. There was a couple punts there that was like, oh, it's there. And then it just, you know, wasn't, though. And that's that's good for us. That is good, especially going into this game. I think that's something that we could really look forward to. I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of this, either this week or next week, we have a punt return for a touchdown. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's such an asset at that position for us. 
Um, yeah. All right. So le- what about your score prediction? How do, how do you think this is going to go? Do you think it's going to be high scoring, low scoring? What do, what do you think your score prediction is? Mm. Um, I am thinking that, you know, unfortunately, I don't know that I, I see the Broncos winning this one. Um, it's, it's a tough road matchup. It's that East Coast early slot, which just has been such mm-hmm. a death knell to the Broncos. Historically, yeah. re- historically really bad. Um, and against, you know, a really, really tough team in their own home, you know, and I don't know, I don't even know if they're going to have a crowd uh, of any kind in Pittsburgh uh, next week, but um, still, I don't, I don't yeah. know. I, uh, let me see if I look it yeah. up. Yeah. Um, e- either way, uh, I don't really like the matchup with the team or the time. Um, I, I do think the Broncos will do play overall better than they did against Tennessee. Uh, it may look a little bit similar just because of the different talent level that we, we may be facing. Um, so right now I'm going to think something along the lines of Steelers 24, Denver 17, 14, 17, something like that is what I'm thinking now. I think the Broncos find a little bit, do look a little bit better on offense. Um, but defensively, I don't think we'll be able to keep up quite as well as we did against Tennessee. Yeah, I don't, uh, I, I don't, I, I, I don't disagree with you there. I, and the problem with that is I want to I want to root for the Broncos. And I, I think that the Broncos can pull this off. And I think that what's going to have to happen is our defense is going to have to keep us in the game. We're so young. We're so young on defense. You have, a you know, a, a veteran signal caller back there who knows how to pick apart a defense and some very, very fast, very good wide receivers. It's going to be very difficult to keep that, you know, keep up our defense for as long as we need to to make sure that Drew Locke can have his time to to make things happen. I think it's second week of the season. I don't think we're there yet. I don't think we're ready. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see we're going to see some of the things cleaned up, but I don't think enough of them are going to clean it up to to keep us to win it. I think especially towards the second half, we're going to start getting winded. It, this is going to be this is going to get out of hand. I think I think it's going to be uh, 28 to maybe I'd say. 28 21 and mm. i think that maybe that that 21 comes off of just trying to get the ball down there to, to score so yeah I, it's it's hard it's hard to root against it's hard to to bet pick against, against slash yeah. pick against the broncos and you know all this good stuff that we have but if you just look up matchup for matchup in every, in every single time and i think it's going to be that way all season for our podcast here it's going to be oh this young guy for this very seasoned very experienced guy right I, I, I get you're right. Um, I honestly like our matchups against Tampa Bay a lot more, um, you know, depending on what they do this week, um, you know, in week three. But that's, you know, that's next week's podcast. Uh, yeah, this one is just tough across the board. You're right. Matchup after matchup. It is just favorable for the other guys and not so great for ours. Um, you know, that being said, the Broncos love to beat the Steelers when they're not supposed to beat the Steelers. So, you know, anything right. can happen. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to a much more entertaining game at the very least. Um then and I think we can, like you said, I don't think it's impossible that we win this game, but I think they just need a little bit more time before they start really competing to win these games against these higher higher echelon teams. Yeah, so uh looks like the Pittsburgh Steelers will be having no fans at Heinz Field for the first two games of 2020. So the first two games are against the Denver Broncos and uh, their second game. So, okay. yeah, they're not there will be no fans, which, you know, we, it's one of those things we're just going to have to get used to for yep. the first throughout the first week. And even even when we do start allowing fans, the small amount of fans, I still don't think it's going to be the same. 
Oh, I, I get the Kansas yeah. City game. The Kansas City game, they were like, wow, they, they're actually making much more noise than they were expecting, expected to, uh, which was nice. But even when we only allow 5,000 per uh, per uh, stadium, it's just not going to be the same until we can start getting a full stadium back in there. No, they love to trip over themselves to talk about how loud it is in Kansas City. So right. I'm not paying too much attention to that. Yeah, I mean, but they are. I was I was about to say louder doesn't mean better, but they are defending Super Bowl champions, unfortunately. Whatever. <laughs> All right, uh, David. Uh, before actually, before I hand this over for you for last thoughts, uh, if you're still following us, if you're still listening, make sure you're hitting that follow button. Make sure you're hitting the subscribe button. If you haven't already followed us on Facebook, if you haven't already followed us on Instagram, on Twitter, on YouTube, I think we have a YouTube now. Go ahead and follow us on all those. Make sure you're going to broncosorangeweekly.com and looking at all of the amazing things that David is doing, all these uh, articles that he is uh, producing and and uh, releasing out to you guys, including what's the most the one that you're getting ready to release tonight? We got our new Team Trends article this week. It goes covers everybody who played in the Titans game. Um, and if you want a position group by position group breakdown of how your Broncos did, you won't find a better spot. That's what I'm talking about. BroncosOrangeWeekly.com. Make sure you're going to that as mm-hmm. well as uh, OW Ragers on Twitter to get your betting lines every single week towards the Broncos game, whether it's for or against the Broncos or for or against under or over certain lines. We will be trying to make you money every single week and make sure you're going to follow Ragers at all of your podcast mm-hmm. listening places. Outlets. Out. Sure. Outlets. Okay, well, that is, uh, we're getting ready to end this and we're getting ready to, to sign off. But David, before we sign off, uh, we were kind of negative there for the last like few minutes. So uh, let's, let's what, what's positive do you have to say about coming up on this game and uh, what are you excited for and, and any final words? It's a young, well-coached team and that can produce results every single week uh, that are better than the weeks befores. And it take, it may take a while for that to come together into a team that consistently, you know, wins or competes for a win every week, but it will add components to this team every week that will look better than they did the week before. And I think that's really what we're going to see. Um, so even if we don't see it come all together in this game, I think you're going to look for improvements in certain spots. Um, if not multiple spots, um, with this team, but you know, it's just, it's going to be a process. Uh, so like you said, we were a little bit negative there. I think I'm very positive overall on the outlook for this team. Let's just give it some time um, and right. look for the and take joy in the improvements that we do get. You know, life's too short. Life is too short, especially with the way 2020 is going. Look, I, I agree with you. I think this game, we may be betting against the Broncos, maybe, you know, picking against the Broncos. But that doesn't mean that we don't have the utmost of uh, bright futures ahead of us mm-hmm. for this season and for next season. Again, we have the youngest offense in the NFL, one of the youngest defenses. It, I think that we have so many good things to look forward to, and we're just that one key play, that one big break off away from winning almost any game. Yeah. So we that's we have that to look forward to, and I think that's going to be that all season. I feel like towards the end of this season, you're going to see a much more clean cut, much more predictable which is you know as podcasters it's kind of that's what we go off of is predictability (laughs) and uh if there is any really Mm -hmm. uh, but we're going to be much more predictable much more clean cut much more working together as a team and it's going to be a much better game i think i agree 
I agree. We'll have a it'll be a different team, I think, at the begin at the end of the year than at the beginning. Absolutely, and I and that's the best part about it. We have we're gonna be uh getting better every single week, and that's what we're here for. We will be here every single week for you to give you the best pregame content that you possibly can. Well, with that, David, I think there's only one uh one thing to say. I think it's a big fat go, go Broncos. Broncos. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news.